Everybody happy about life? No? Okay. Well, then that's why you're here today. We're going to help you with that. Going to help. Where's my lovely wife? Chris, this is my lovely wife right here, Kristen. I love that she honored Barbara Bush by wearing her grandmother's pearls today. Ain't that fine? Love that. You're a classy lady. We should get married. <laughs> and our guests are like, oh my God, they're not married? 25 years. Yes, we're married. <laughs> All of our baptism folks, we just congratulate you. We're so very proud of you for making that, that confession and profession in Jesus Christ. We're in a series uh, called The Kingdom. Everybody say The Kingdom. kingdom. Come on, everybody say The Kingdom. kingdom. And uh, I, I am enjoying speaking on this because I feel like... Uh, Everything we speak on is important. We try to make sure that we're not speaking on anything that's not important. But I've found that Jesus Christ talks about the kingdom a whole bunch. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And so I want us, as citizens of his kingdom, to know what kind of life we're supposed to be living. And so that is our entire point, is for us to make sure that we're living the best life that Jesus Christ uh, died for, that we could live. Everybody say abundant life. That's what we believe in. Uh, If you have not been with us during this series, I would recommend you going back and listening uh, to uh, the the services that lead up to this, and especially the last three. It's going to catch you up to what we're talking about today. What we've learned uh, in this series is that at Salvation, and there are people that gave their heart to Jesus in our 9 a.m. service today. There will be people today that are going to give their heart to Jesus and and make that a confession of faith. And what we found is that, according to Scripture, when you make that confession of faith and that profession that He is your Savior, that does not just turn you from being a sinner into being a saint. But what happens is the Scripture says that God rescues you from one kingdom, the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of darkness, and transfers you into his kingdom. There's absolutely no, you ain't got, there's no waiting around. You don't have to wait till you get your green card. There's no classes. It is an instant transfer into becoming a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. That's grace right there, isn't it? That's what happens. But then he does not leave us there, but he takes us as citizens of the kingdom of heaven and he places us right back in to the kingdom that he just delivered us out of. How many of you, the day that you got saved, you went home and had a new spouse, a new job, a new car? It doesn't work. No, it doesn't happen. He places you right back into the kingdom that you came from. But this time, you're not just a citizen. Now, you are an ambassador. Look at your neighbor and just tell him, say, you look diplomatic today. (laughs) Now, find your second favorite neighbor, okay? Your second choice. Find them and just say, I'm sorry I didn't pick you first. And just say... Just say to them, some of y'all aren't even looking at them. Turn to your, your second choice and say to them, say, you're regal. It's regal. <laughs> We're ambassadors. As ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, we are called to represent the culture of heaven in the earth. That is our calling. Look at Colossians 3.17. Before you read it, I want to tell you something. If you want to know about the kingdom, read the book of Colossians. It's not a long letter. 
but read it. It, will, it. it speaks so much about the kingdom of God. I would recommend you reading Colossians and mastering it. But look what it says, Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Everything you do or say should be filtered through this thought process. Am I representing Jesus Christ? Am I being an ambassador of the culture of heaven? Now, when we talk about culture, there's a lot that goes into culture. But there's three areas that we're really focusing on. A few weeks ago, we talked about the laws of heaven. Last week, we started talking about the language of heaven. And in a few weeks, we're going to be talking about the currency of heaven. I want to continue today, though, talking about the language of heaven. Last week, we, we found out that the language of heaven involves truth, it involves love, and it involves honor. Truth, love, and honor. Today, continuing on, the language of heaven involves life. If you want to talk like heaven talks, if you want to be fluent in heaven, kingdom, uh, the heavenly kingdom language, life has to be a part of your language. Look at what the Bible says in Revelations 21 about what heaven is really like. If you want to know what heaven is like, go to Revelations and you will see it. Revelations 21. And he said this, He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death. Now, I'm from Mississippi. I'm not real smart, but I know that that's the opposite of life, okay? There will be no more death because there is life there. There will be no sorrow, no crying, no pain. All of these things will be gone forever. Man, doesn't that sound like heaven? I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait till I get to the pearly gates to start living that life right now. And that's what a kingdom culture is about. God wants us living this kind of life right here, right now. Doesn't mean you won't cry. Doesn't mean you won't have sorrow. But it does mean that you have a Holy Spirit that is there to help wipe those tears away and to comfort you during your tough times. And you have a body of believers that surround you to help you walk through that kind of stuff. That is the abundant life. And then it goes on to say, and we read this last week. Let me finish on. He said, all these things will be gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. There's life again. When you look outside, you see the green starting to come up. Everything's starting to sprout. That's new. That's life. That's what heaven is all about. It's all made new. Then it goes on, and we read this last week, actually. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. Not a nasty old high school water fountain. Not a bottle for $5. And that's it. Now, I'm going to give you freely from the spring of water of life. It's always springing up. That's what heaven is all about. 
Does that sound familiar to you when you read those scriptures that I'm going to give you freely, the the spring of living water? Let me tell you why it sounds familiar to you. Because Jesus said it prior in John 7 and 38. He said, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. The springs of living water are not just in heaven. The springs and rivers of living water are supposed to be in us. In me. In you. And they're not just supposed to be in us. They're supposed to be flowing out of us. Say it with me. Say out of us. Now, the way you and I base success is how much is flowing in. Right? How much money is flowing in. How much love is flowing in? How much admiration? How many likes on social media are flowing in? How much is come? That's how we judge success. That's not how God bases success. He bases success on not just what is flowing in, but what is flowing out. Because to quote the preacher during offering, God is a generous God, right? That is how God works. What is flowing out of us? You and I, as representatives of the kingdom of heaven, are supposed to be walking around with life flowing out of us. That every interaction we have, that when we leave, there needs to be more life there than when we showed up. How many of you know somebody that walks in the room and they just suck all the life out of the place? Raise your hand if you're sitting by. No, don't do that. No. Come on, we're supposed to be as representatives of God. We're supposed to walk into a room and life just comes out of us. That when you leave, people are like, man, I don't know what that was, but there was something about that person. I just feel better. I feel lighter. I feel more life. So how do I get the river that is in me out of me? The primary way is through my mouth. And look at your neighbor and say, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah. I thought he was just going to say buy someone's coffee or something. (laughs) The way you and I change an atmosphere is primarily through our words. We read it last week. Proverbs 18.21 says that the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. Our words create worlds. Or they create wars. That's the power of our tongue. The scripture says it's the most unruly member of the body. Who can control it? And so you and I, if you're speaking death, then I can tell you what kingdom language you're speaking. But if you're speaking life, I can tell you what kingdom language you're speaking. As ambassadors of the culture of heaven, you and I are supposed to be speaking life-giving words. Not life-taking, not life-destroying, life-giving. That doesn't mean that you can't speak truth. It means that you speak truth in a life-giving way. Now, I'm not a good preacher, but that's going to help somebody's marriage right there. Or maybe not. Okay, we'll just keep on rolling then. Our language represents heaven. I want us to get that. Our language represents heaven. But also, our language represents our heart. 
Our language represents our heart. Luke 6 and 45 says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. How many are full of it? Just raise your hand. And what you're full of is what you say. You ever, ever had that thing just it, when we say, oh, it just blurted it out before I can stop it. Right? You know, it just kind of bubbles up. You're like, uh, uh, and you say it. Like, oh, God. Why? Your heart is so full of it that you can't help it. It just comes out. So if you are full of bitterness, anger, resentment, pain, if you're full of fear, then your language is going to be that type of language. If you're full of hope, joy, love, peace, your language is going to represent that. I feel like a lot of times we say, man, I got to watch my mouth. I got to watch my mouth. When in reality, we need to work on our heart. We go right to the hands and the feet, right? And the eyes and the mouth and try to fix that and blinders. When in reality, all of it is a matter of the heart. Because what's in here is what's going to come out. So if we can get our heart full of the right things, fill our hearts filled with life, then life is what comes out of our mouth. This is why you start with getting Jesus in your heart. Because Jesus said this, he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Even though you die, you're going to live. That's why we have to have more Jesus in our life. First of all, just get Jesus in your heart. I'm believing today that there are people here today that have never invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. And you're going to do it today. I'm believing there are going to be people that are going to make that declaration today and allow him to be Lord of your heart. And when that happens, you're going to start seeing more life begin to happen. But those of you that have asked Jesus into your heart, I want to, I want to encourage you today to seek after more of him. Well, I've got Jesus and that's enough for me. Come on now. Jesus is big. There's a lot of him and I want everything I can get. Look at what Psalms 119 and 10 says. It says, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I'm going to tell you the best way to get more of Jesus. Go after him with all your heart. Go after him with everything you have. That's why the commandment says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Go after him with all of your heart. And then it goes on, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Here's how you get more life in your heart. Get more Jesus in your heart and get more of his word in your heart. Psalms 4 says this, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your... I'm going to try it again. Deep into your... For they bring to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Need healing? Need life? Get in the Word. Get more Word. Get up every morning and just take a big dose of this right here. I woke up this morning... 
And the first thing I did, open, open this word. Open it and just began, began to read through Colossians. I've been studying it all week. I've been preparing to talk to you about it. But this morning, it was for me. And I found as I read those words that my life, I started getting more life in me. I started getting more joy in me, more power in me. I want to encourage you, be a lover of the word of God and you're going to start seeing life start growing in your heart. And when you get more life in your heart, you're going to get more life in your mouth. And when you get more life coming out of your mouth, you're going to start seeing your world start getting more life. And that's when you really start living. Amen. That's abundant life. It is not God's will for you just to get out of hell and into heaven. It is God's will for us to live the best, most abundant life that we can have. The language of heaven is life. Y'all still with me? Okay. Number two, the language of heaven is faith. The language of heaven is faith. We're talking about how do I speak the language of heaven? Speak life, speak faith. I want you to look at Genesis chapter 1. The very first words that we hear from heaven. I I read Genesis 1 a lot. I'll preach from it a lot. Because I believe if you want to know what you need to do, go figure out how it started in the beginning. So Genesis 1, the very first words we hear from heaven. Remember, we're talking about a heaven culture. How does heaven speak? I want to know that. So here's what the scripture says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light... That it was good, and God divided the light from darkness. Notice something about these creation words. They're filled with faith. God's very first words are filled with faith. Remember, there was no such thing as light. It had never been created before. And here's God in the midst of nothing speaking, and then there is something. The Ragsdale translation of that, it says, and God said, let there be light. There was light. God saw that it was good, right? God saw the light that it was good. My translation is, let there be light. Boom, there's light. And God goes, whoa, man, that's good. I'm going to make some more stuff. God spoke light into being by having faith in his own word. God believed in his own word so much that he believed when he said it, it was going to happen. And isn't that the same thing that we're asked to do? And sometimes you and I feel all alone because we're out there trying to be obedient to the voice of God and the word of God. And yet we feel like, man, it's just me. That's how God operates. I love that I serve a God that doesn't ask me to do something that he doesn't do. Everything that God does is based on his own faith in his own word. So I would say as his children, we should be doing the very same thing. I need a bigger amen than that. I really thought that was going to get a powerful one there. Speaking faith. The language of faith, I believe, in many ways has been watered down. It's been watered down because of what we've seen on Christian TV. And we make fun of it because it's a doctrine of faith and and all this kind of stuff. And 
And then many times, uh, the faith is, is, is connected to positive thinking, right? And I feel like it's been watered down somewhat. But I want to tell you, language, the language in the life of faith is not about positive thinking. It's not about saying, well, I'm going to think better and believe better. It's about believing in the Word of God. The language of faith is not positive thinking. It's believing in what God says. Matter of fact, it's not even based on vision. You hear the word vision a lot. What's your vision for your company? What's your vision for your neighborhood? What's your vision for your life? The life and language of faith is not based on vision. It's based on God's voice. That I'm going to base what I believe on the word and the voice of God. And that requires trust. Can I hear an amen? Amen. The most powerful form of faith is trust. But I don't know. There you go. But I'm a little scared. Exactly. But what if it doesn't? Now you're walking in faith. I called you, now get out of the boat, and then watch yourself start walking on water. That's where faith happens. I'm believing in the Word of God. And we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not my vision. It's I'm putting my faith in the voice of God. Another way that I like to think about faith is this. It's looking above. If you want to know how to walk in faith and how to talk in faith... Learn how to adjust your eyesight. Instead of right here, I'm looking right here. Matter of fact, we read this in the beginning of this series where the scripture says, set your mind on things above, not on earth. Your situations, your circumstances, your feelings, they're all right here. But a life and a language of faith is when I take that and I adjust my eyesight above that. Faith is really all about focus. What are you focused on? Now I'm 48, I'll be 49, I think, in August. And, and uh, what I've learned is after 40, your eyesight just goes, that's just like that. It went, I went to, from seeing perfectly, and then now just every year, it's just like, what, really? My arms are not long enough to read what I need to read. And so I've made an appointment because i got to get my focus back right. It's important that you and I are able to focus on what God really wants us to focus on. As I close today, let me say this. You know what that means, right? In theology, it means absolutely nothing at all. When a preacher says, I'm going to close today, all right? It actually does. Faith is focus. Say it with me. Faith is focus. And it's focusing on a couple of things. Faith is focusing on what heaven says. Focusing on what heaven says. We read the other day where when Jesus was baptized, that the heavens were ripped open. And the Father says, you're my son. I'm pleased with you. I love you. Those two. Those of you who have been baptized today, wouldn't that have been awesome? As soon as we baptized, like, <laughs> this amazing revelation. But in reality, that's what heaven is saying over you. Heaven is telling each and every one of you, you're mine, you please me, I love you. Because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you and I are His, we please Him, and He loves us. You and I need to remind ourselves of that 
during the days that we don't feel that way. Can I hear an amen? And that's where when you don't feel like, man, I don't feel loved. I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel holy. I don't feel righteous. I don't feel blameless. That's where you suddenly shift your focus to what is heaven saying about me? Not what are you saying about me? What is heaven saying about me? Not what is my situation saying about me? What is heaven saying about me? So faith is focusing on what heaven says and saying what heaven says. Speaking it out of your mouth. And then faith is also focusing on what God's word says. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is why it's so important to me that I'm in prayer and that I'm spending time in the Word of God so that when you show up on Sunday morning, it's not some microwave mess, but it's fresh bread that you're able to take because that's what builds your faith. And then throughout the week, you're continuing doing that in, in small group gatherings and you're, you're doing that in your personal devotion. And that's how your faith grows by hearing the word of God. I want to encourage you today, fall in love with his word all over again. And if you've never started a love affair with it, start one. It's good for you. How many of you have about 10 of these laying around your house? I can tell you right now, you got 190,000 translations on your phone, okay? Maybe not that many, but there's a lot of them on your phone. It's so easy to build your faith and to become fluent in the language of faith by just listening to the Word of God. I love what the New Living Translation says. Romans 10, 17. And the New Living Translation says, So faith comes by hearing, that is, hearing The good news about Christ. What is the good news of Christ? It's the words that we read just a moment ago in Revelations. It is finished. The good news of Christ are those three words. It is finished. I love that those are the last words that you hear him say on the cross. And then you hear him say it again in heaven. It is is finished. Faith comes by hearing and believing in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ took our sin, took our shame, took our sickness, took our bondage, and it was crucified on the cross so that you and I could live an abundant life. That's faith. So I want to encourage you this week As you're walking through situations and your focus gets right down here, let your focus be lifted to the finished work of Jesus Christ. Let yourself begin to hear him say, it is done. It is finished. I am the alpha. I am the omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. I am the first and the last. I started it and I'm going to finish it. Last scripture today, Romans 10 and 9. If you declare with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You notice that? Declare with your mouth and believe in your heart. You can't just believe it in your heart. you got to speak it out of your mouth. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. The way that you start living 
Are you playing right now? Because I'm not hearing you. Are you ready? Come on, let's bring my man up. Can we bring? There we go. That's why God gives you a pastor right there. Just like that. We good? Ah, I like it, Mike. So that's, that right there gets the mood right for somebody to, to make a confession of faith. Right? Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Yeah, that's it. Bow down before him. Bow down before him. For he is Lord. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Now, if you and I can make that confession and profession on a daily basis, I'm believing in my heart, I'm confessing with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God raised him from the dead. Believe it. Let your heart get full of that, that revelation, that belief, that truth. And then suddenly it'll start coming out of your mouth. And you'll start speaking words of faith. And you'll start speaking words of life. Let me pray for you today. Just close your eyes right where you are. Come on, nobody looking around. How many of you, as I've been speaking today, that God has... The Holy Spirit has started doing a work on you and showing you some things that, some ways that you can change your way of talking. Would you just raise your hand? I'm raising mine. Just raise your hand. I, just to shift that way of speaking. All right, awesome. Awesome. Lord, I pray you'd continue to do that work on every hand that's raised today. That, Lord, you would continue to lead and guide them. Give them specific details on how to speak kingdom language how to live an abundant life this week just drop revelation nuggets in their heart in their mind just begin to shift the way you speak I want to give you an opportunity today to be obedient to Romans 10 to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth to take your faith Put language to it and watch something powerful happen. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that today. If you have, if you believe in Jesus, but you want to make a a new confession and profession, you want a fresh start today, right where you are, as a sign of obedience and a sign of faith, I want you just to raise your hand up high. Come on, raise your hand. There you go. Thank you. Come on, up high. Leave it up. Man, hands going up all over the room today. Hands going up. That's an act of faith right there. Come on, Jesus. You see these hands. Come on, up high. Right back there, really high. I see you, buddy. Right there. That's awesome. Right over here. Praise God. All right. I want everyone in the room, I want you to stand up. Come on, let's stand up. Bring those lights up. Every single person in the room, we're going to pray this prayer together. Come on, raise your right hand up just as high as you can. 
there are people sitting beside you that are about to have their eternity altered because they're about to believe something in their heart and confess something with their mouth. That fires me up. I don't know about you today. Come on, repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, everybody, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are Lord and Savior, that you are raised from the dead and you gave that life to me. Forgive me of living my own life. Today, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you are the risen Savior. Cover me with your blood. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live an overcoming, abundant, and eternal life with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.